0: Scripture today, different stories but similar stories. Our first comes from the gospel we call Matthew, chapter fourteen, verses twenty-two through thirty-three. And before we read, bringing into Lent, uh, just to disrupt our rhythm and our flow because Lord knows I need disruption, but a good disruption. We're going to bring silence. Just a moment of silence. We'll read some silence. We'll read again some silence. And I just invite you to engage the quiet with what the Spirit may be doing in you. Through the words, reflect on the passage and just let your heart be led and enjoy the time of silence. Right then, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead to the other side of the lake while he dismissed the crowds. When he sent them away, he went up onto a mountain by himself to pray. Evening came, and he was alone. Meanwhile, the boat, fighting a strong headwind, was being battered by the waves and was already far from land. Very early in the morning, he came to his disciples walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. They were so frightened, they screamed. Just then Jesus spoke to them, Be encouraged. It's me. Don't be afraid. Peter replied, Lord, if it's you, order me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. Then Peter got out of the boat and was walking on the water toward Jesus. But when Peter saw the strong wind, he became frightened. As he began to sink, he shouted, Lord, rescue me. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him, saying, You man of weak faith, why did you begin to have doubts? When they got into the boat, the wind settled. Then those in the boat worshipped Jesus and said, You must be the Son of God. Our second reading comes from the Gospel, Luke, chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. One day Jesus and his disciples boarded a boat, and he said to them, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they set sail. While they were sailing, he fell asleep. Gale-force winds swept down on the lake. The boat was filling up with water, and they were in danger. So they went and woke Jesus, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. But he got up and gave orders to the wind and the violent waves. The storm died down, and it was calm. He said to his disciples, Where is your faith? Filled with awe and wonder, they said to each other, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. The word of God for the people of God. Please pray with me and please pray for me. Almighty God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word, and may it speak to us now. May we find you, may we hear you, may we be molded and remade in some way more into the likeness of Jesus Christ as we contemplate, as we hear, as we consider, as we wrestle and struggle with you, as we receive. May the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right, well, we are coming to our question. We're in our series, The Questions of Jesus, or Jesus is the Question, and today's is Where Is Your Faith? So what I'm going to do today is I want to show you a painting eventually that is going to highlight our story, two paintings of each of these scenes in Scripture, and I find I love art, and I find that some of these ancient theologians who offer us art offer us a lot more than just a pretty picture to look at, but before we begin, let's think about faith, because faith is different than belief. Sometimes we interchange those words. But there's a man by the name of Jean-Francois Gravalet. Uh, he was born Charles Blondin. Have you ever heard of him? Probably not. He tightrope walked across Niagara Falls in the 19th century. And he did this multiple times, and he was so good at it, he'd have fun. He'd get halfway across and do one of these numbers, or, or just stop and sit and take a rest, and then get up and come back to the crowd and put on a really good show. And one of them, one of the shows, the announcer said, My friends, you see the great Charles Blondin, I'm totally butchering his name, he's walked across this, who thinks he could do it with a wheelbarrow? And everybody, well, a few hands. Yeah, I can do it. So they'd taken the tire off the wheelbarrow, put it on, and walked it across, and then came back and walked it back, and then said, my friends, who here believes that Mr. Blondin can do it with a person in the wheelbarrow? And everybody raised their hands. Oh, yeah, this guy's amazing. And he said, I need a volunteer. And all the hands went down. (laughs) There's a difference between faith and belief. They believed he could do it, but would they actually put their faith in him? And that's a big difference. And we talk about belief and our faith and and we talk about and, and work through our various beliefs. We have arguments over our different beliefs, but I wonder if any of that does any good if we never actually put our faith into practice. In our time of Lent, we're evaluating our relationship with God, who we have a relationship through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. But do we just believe or do we have faith? As one pastor put it, Faith isn't believing without proof, it's trusting without reservation. One of those is much easier than the other. Faith is relational. I have faith in people in my life. I trust them. I rely on them. I depend on them. That's a relationship, and we are to have that same relationship with God. We can believe in God, but do we have faith? Do we trust? Do we rely? Depend faith uh, It's more than belief. I think we can believe without faith, and if not, then let's go to Niagara Falls, yes? So Rembrandt, one of my favorite artists, constructed this beautiful painting of the stormy sea, and I don't know if I'm going to make it any uh, more visible. Did I get it? Okay. So you can see the the winds and the waves, you can see the boats, you can see the disciples kind of... Right here, the face that's barely illuminated on here is Jesus' face being woken up. It's kind of this moment of turmoil. And what we have is really a painting of two realities. On one half, if we just looked at this and blocked the other out, it's a peaceful day on a boat. Jesus sitting with the disciples, seemingly undisturbed, uh, not worried about anything, having a moment. And if we just cut that part out and looked at this part, we find great trouble. The same picture, two realities. And sometimes we get stuck in one reality or the other. Sometimes when things aren't going as we think they should, we find ourselves panicking, desperate. I often liken the church to a boat, whether we're talking about the worldwide church, whether we're talking about the denominational church or just our church, we're a boat. We're in the water and we're relying on God to lead us in the right direction. And I I like to use a sailboat because we catch the wind of the spirit to blow us where we will and sometimes, Maybe it's just me. We try to steer it in the direction we want it to go rather than where the wind is blowing. Does anyone identify with this? And we give ourselves a lot of work. And sometimes we're supposed to be headed, well, let me do it this way, straight to the cross, and we find ourselves doing one of these numbers, right? Kind of maybe making our way there, kind of, but not necessarily the easiest path, and that is just part of us battling our humanity and working out our salvation. But as long as we are headed in the direction We're good. Amen? Sometimes our boat may hit something, spring a leak, needs us to stop, lower the sails, and address the problem, in which case we do. And all the while, hopefully, we're finding the drowning souls around us and calling them onto the boat, because the point is to journey together every step of the way, to have faith that we are being led in the right direction, and not just to believe it, but to live it. Amen? Amen. So, we, We face storms in our lives Some of you have faced storms of disease Some of you have faced storms in relationships Some of you have lost people that are dear Some of you have lost jobs Some of you have been challenged Some of you don't know what the right decision is They both seem good or maybe they both seem bad And you just feel like you're being tossed about by the wind Rather than you having anything to do with control over the situation And you're panicking And some of you are in a great place. Faith's good, got a good spiritual life, things are quiet at the moment. Not that we think they won't get blustery again, but here we are, it's nice, it's pleasant. But oftentimes, friends, don't don't we find ourselves kind of in the midst of both realities at once? I do. The second story, and this is the only painting I could find of it, uh, is Jesus walking on water. Both these stories have a deep theological significance because only God in all Scripture, only God ever controls the sea and the wind and the waves. So when we find Jesus not once, but twice, not only commanding them, but doing things that are beyond our capability to fully grasp we see it's Jesus who does these which tells the people seeing the, seeing what's happening tells the people who read the story god is at work believe not only believe have faith we find that jesus is, this is such a strange story yes if you read the story it basically reads that jesus was being followed by the crowds and went up the mountain and knew the crowds would stay where he was and dismissed the disciples kind of out the back door And then in the middle of the night, Jesus sneaks through and walks across the water, right, more or less just getting away. The whole intent at the beginning of the story was to get away with the disciples and just get away for a bit. John the Baptist had just been killed. They've just come back from preaching. And he says, let's go. Well, the crowds follow. And this story is very strange. Jesus is walking across the water. Can you picture it? Something you need to know about disciples and rabbis in this world is that a rabbi looks at you and if the rabbi thinks that you can do what the rabbi can do, the rabbi might say something like, come follow me. And if you, as the disciple, think that you could be the rabbi if you have that kind of faith, then you would drop everything and follow. And that's the language we find with all the disciples. Jesus says, come and I will show you how to live. And they say, okay, amen. So it's natural that when Jesus is walking on the water and they see him, Peter says, my Rabbi is doing that, I can do that too. Jesus, call me out. And he does. This, let's just stop there. Peter thinks he can walk on water if Jesus calls him out. Okay, I'd like to think that I have that kind of trust. But if I was in the boat, and then Jesus says, come. And then Peter actually steps out of the boat, has complete faith, and starts to walk. Now eventually he starts losing sight of the fact that it's Jesus who's empowered him, and he starts thinking about what am I doing, and look at the wind and the waves, doing what we would all do, starts to sink, and in that moment has enough faith to cry out, "Lord, save me." And Jesus does. And then, I love the humor in Scripture. Then they have a conversation. Before they get back in the boat, Jesus says, "Where's your faith? Why'd you doubt? And if I were Peter, I would have said, Can we talk about this in a minute? Can we get it back in the boat? Uh, Where's my faith? I'm walking on water. Can I really do that? Jesus might say, You just did. I was with you, and you just did. Where is your faith, Peter? We face the storms in life, and we sometimes feel like we're asked to do things that we think there's no way we could do. We have this image here, and if you count up the people, and if you look it up online, because it's very dark on the side, there are actually 14 people on the boat. So if you do your math, there's Jesus and the 12 disciples. That's 13. The 14th is Rembrandt. You see him right there? He's looking at you. And if you, uh, if you look in this part of the boat, he's, he's right in the middle. So there he is, kind of half on this reality, and half his hand, you can see there, and the other half of his face on this reality. This is directly divided in half. Rembrandt stands in the middle, as if to look at you and say, which side are you on? Which reality do you reside? Now, if you're like me, I would say both, because there are parts of my life I'm being tossed around, and I'm scared, and I'm hurt, and I don't know what's going to happen. And there are other parts of my life where I think, oh, I have God with me, I have Jesus, I have the Holy Spirit. It's good that nothing can shake me. And somehow I'm stuck in the middle and I see Rembrandt peering out and asking the question, where is your faith? Where is your faith? Are you in the boat? If Jesus were to call you out upon the water, would you have the faith to step? Faith. The better word for it is trust rather than belief. Trust. Do you trust in God? Do you trust in Jesus that what Jesus says is true? And do you trust to the point where you're going to step out onto the water, onto the tightrope, and do what it is you feel like you can't do? When you say that Jesus is Lord, another word for us to analyze is Lord. What does it mean that Jesus is Lord? They use the word because a Lord is Lord. Has power and authority over your life? Have you given all the power and all the authority in your life over? All of it. 100%. Because what we'll often find ourselves tempted to do is give 99, which is pretty good, right? But it's not complete. Which means when we're standing on the water and God's doing wonderful things through us, we're going to lean back on ourselves and we're going to fall. And it happens. And we can cry out, Lord, save me. And he will. But can we have complete faith? Can Jesus be Lord over our whole life? In this time of Lent and self-examination, how much, if you're honest, do you think you've given to Christ? And then, how much do you think Christ would say you've given to Christ? And do those numbers match? Two different questions. We are called to go out into the world, because there are storms around us, yes? You see them in your work. You see them in your family. You see them in your friends. There are storms and some are panicking. What will you be for their life? Where's your faith? Will you walk out onto the water if it means to go out and lift them up and bring them into our boat, that they may join us on our haphazard and sometimes human journey of faith I hope so. But the question would be, where is your faith? Is it in yourself? Is it in others? Is it in Jesus Christ? Let's take a moment to reflect. As a pastor, I want to give you a resolution. I want you to walk out of here like, okay, I got it. But I'm going to do what Jesus did. I'm just going to leave you with the question. And challenge you to invite the Spirit into a prayerful conversation.